Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, facilitating ground rules to start a meeting. Hi everyone, it's Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Well, finally, and it's been a while, we're going to return to discussing presentations. Both Mark and I have recently been in the audience for some professional presentations, and frankly, it was kind of an eye-opening experience for both of us. We think that every manager, and by definition, if you're a manager, you have to assume you're going to be a presenter at some point, but every manager, we believe, ought to have presentation training. And frankly, we think we're the ones to do it. So here we go. We are cursed, my friend, because I don't no, know. About, maybe you, not me. No, no we are. <laughs> what, what? We are cursed. And I know I know you are because we're going to talk about something very uh, close and dear to our hearts. And our curse is that we can't go to any meeting without <laughs> paying attention to all the, 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 the process versus the content, right? So right. And sometimes it's so bad that we get stuck. At least my, my brain gets stuck going over like, why didn't, why didn't we have an agenda? Why didn't we have ground rules? I'm always amazed when they, when they, they attempt to say, well, we wouldn't want to have an agenda because we wouldn't want you to feel like we're controlling the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Nice try. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't work terribly well. Well, so it's frustrating. And I'll tell you, I, 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 the reason people do it, in my opinion, is because they think they don't have time to do it, right? They, they don't have to worry about welcome, purpose, agenda, ground rules, all that sort of stuff. There's too much to do. I got too much to do in the meeting. Right. Let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, but our good friend, Michael Swenson, always reminds us at conferences, with people, fast is slow. Yep. And if you rush the opening of a session where several or many folks are involved, you just end up paying a fairly bigger price later. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So having said that, how, how do we avoid paying that price since it is so <laughs> flipping high? What can we do to speed the rest of the meeting up by spending a few extra minutes, literally, and we're talking minutes here, on process in the beginning? Yeah. I, you know, we, we recommend welcome purpose agenda ground rules, which become second nature to people. And, and uh, the core of making the rest of the meeting efficient, essentially giving two or three minutes over to um, process happens during ground rules. Um, and we have a very detailed explication, probably far more than, than people want, uh, on how to do them. But we're going to give it to you darn it anyways. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. I, I know there are times when people say, well, I wish we could just do the cast in 10 minutes. And there are people who could learn it that way. And yet there are people who say, no, I really want the details. I really want to explain every single step. Tell me what to say, how to say it, and so on. So we want to do that. Hey, there are a lot of steps, and we apologize for that. Yeah, and oh, by the way, f- folks, like those of you who want it short, I'm all with you, but I'm in Virginia, Mark's in Texas. We're doing this over the phone. I'd reach out and grab him, but I can't. I, I'm yeah, sorry. So that's right. You yeah. just have to put up with it. And we also know that when it comes to presenting, more detail for for areas that people are generally not as good. Uh, and in our experience, most managers overestimate their ability as abilities as presenters. More details on areas where we think we're good when in fact we're not is generally better in terms of sharing new ideas and new ways to be more effective. So, okay. I think we have 12 points. 
And they are, number one, first you set aside five minutes on your agenda. Then we're going to take a minute and we actually are going to define what ground rules are. And we're going to, step three is we're going to describe why they're important. And that's sort of background for the, for the, the cast. Um, number four, we're going to recommend you use visual recording techniques. Pretty simple. Number five, you ask for input. That's the core of what you do in ground rules is you ask the audience for input. Number six, you capture what they say. Number seven, we recommend you encourage their contributions with your gestures and responses to them. Number eight, we want you to avoid explaining immediately, which is usually my uh, Achilles heel. Um, number nine, no more than three minutes on this topic. No more than three. Uh, number 10, you, you then supplement the list you've created from the audience with your own predetermined list. And you have to do that carefully. And then 11 and 12, you finalize the list and then post and publicize the list so that it is visible for all to see. Well, well, for some, for something that, that takes literally three minutes or no more than three minutes, that seems like a lot. Yeah. And I think, well, you know, I don't know how long this cast is going to be, but, but that's as granular as we can get it. And we have too many people that when we're coaching, right, when we coach people on, tra- on pr- presenting and training skills, we walk them through at a high level and they do it and they make some mistakes and we want everybody to know exactly how to do it. And, and then once you learn it this way, you can modify it and make it your own. And maybe you'll only end up with eight steps on your own, but that's fine. Right. And, and we want to get into this detail because we know that if you're not a presenter or you're just not totally comfortable in front of a group, even when you're, when you're the group's boss, we know that more detail is better. A lot of folks are uncomfortable. And so, you know, right. all joking aside, we're going to get into detail. So, so let's start. Now, first point was set aside five minutes on your agenda in advance. Yeah. Look, if you're not running your meetings with an agenda, you might as well skip this cast. Agendas are really the core of effective meetings. Go back now to our effective meetings cast and start there. Seriously, you've got to make some decisions. You've got to provide some structure, some backbone to, to effective meetings, to meetings to make them effective. Uh, you know, look, look, supposedly you could technically do ground rules in a meeting without an agenda, but it's kind of like putting a great roof on top of a cheap house. Uh, a roof is good, but shoot, if you're going to have a really good roof, you might as well have it sit on top of a good house. You got to build the house right. It would just feel weird to us, and I, and I think, frankly, to many most executives who have been in good meetings, to use ground rules in a meeting that was without the most important ground rule of all, which was time management in the form of an agenda. But regardless, you know, if you're using an agenda, lovely, that's good. And you put five minutes on your agenda to facilitate a discussion of what the meeting's ground rules are going to be. And we admit, the fir- this first guideline, adding five minutes on the agenda, exists to place the ground rules in the context of what an effective meeting is. And that, of course, means having an agenda and a bunch of other things. But again, those are all back in our earlier cast. If you don't have an agenda... And then you just start doing ground rules. It's going to confuse people. And so if you have an agenda, don't try to do ground rules and have it not be on the agenda. That would then prove that the agenda was false. Yeah. And in particular, I think we're going to um, probably suggest at some point that one of the ground rules ought to be stick to the agenda. So it's going to, it's going to be kind of tough. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Sort of, sort of recursive stuff there. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, all right. So we talked a lot about ground rules and we're going to talk more about them. So, so let's define them. What, what are ground rules anyway? Right. Ground rules are process standards for a meeting, which make meetings more effective and they make the meeting more efficient. And they're agreed to in advance by meeting attendees. 
Um, and that sounds so formal. What that means is, look, we all go to a lot of meetings. Uh, I had somebody say, I really don't go to a lot of meetings. I said, okay, well, sooner or later you will go to a lot of meetings. Or maybe you don't go to a lot, but uh, you'll begin to realize how badly they're done when you get really, really busy. And then you'll feel like even if you only go to five hours a week, that's a lot because they're all terrible. What we've learned is that meetings, just like margins and just like relationships, tend to decay over time. If you start out without any standards in a meeting, pretty soon you might as well be asleep when you go. It's it's going to be awful. Meetings are terribly, terribly expensive. When you put a, a meeting clock in, into a meeting, most people are stunned by how much they cost. Yeah, and you're, you're talking about those clocks where you essentially plug in everybody's salary, and then as yeah. every minute goes by, it kind of ticks off the, the, the associated salary associated with the meeting. Yeah, the, the really good ones are ones that tick every time a dollar is spent. Um, so it, go, it doesn't go every minute. It goes every time. It ticks every time a dollar is spent. And you're sitting in a meeting with a bunch of executives and managers, and the thing is going tick, 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 tick. No, it's tick. great. If it's really hot in the meeting room, it's great because it's kind of like a fan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and look, if you're going to do something expensive – you have an obligation to do it as efficiently as you possibly can. That's part of being a profit-oriented organization. Or even a nonprofit, you should try to be efficient with the resources that you have. Um, when a group of people gets together without some basic guidance, lots of inefficient behavior happens. It's that simple. Talkative people take the group down long rabbit trails because they like to hear themselves talk. And they don't think about the costs associated with that because we're all feeling good because we're chatting with one another. Some people think doing email is okay in the meeting, right? Because their email really is important. I'm always amazed by that. Their email is more important than the group coming together to make a decision or make a recommendation. Uh, and those people, by the way, are always, always wrong. Right, because if something important was being said, they would be the ones talking. Yeah, nice. Um, some people think that talking on your cell phone quietly in a meeting is okay because... Um, well, their stuff is important. Um, some people think that interrupting repeatedly is okay because their idea is clearly better than the other guy's idea who's sitting next to them. Some people think that no breaks are better than having regular breaks because breaks take time, right? And no one has time anyway. So let's just plow through the next six hours in a row. Yeah. That's more efficient. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So I suspect that folks are thinking, man, that stuff sounds stupid. Right? I mean, n nobody could actually believe that, right? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that stuff happens every day, all the time. And it doesn't happen because the perpetrators who do it are doing it. It happens before that because meeting leaders allow it to happen because they didn't facilitate some ground rules in advance. It's that simple. Okay. And, and that leads us to point number three, which is why they're important. And it's not just because they're lazy, silly, inefficient, self-important, unorganized, non-team playing meeting attendees out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think I've successfully been that all of those things at one time or another. Uh, so we all have down moments, right? But, but, um, but yeah, the reason they're important is really because they work, but look, the first reason is an old one. Uh, and it goes back to the point you made, uh, that Michael Schurz was all the time about go slow to go fast. The cardinal rule of people processes is go slow to go fast. Meetings are at the top of the list of things that we would call a people process, right? Everyone's always busy when it comes to meetings. Everyone wants to get right to it. And while that makes sense in principle, the fact is there's ample evidence that it doesn't work. When you're working with people, if you rush to get results, pay attention, you high Ds out there. 
they'll make you pay by throwing up roadblocks, asking silly questions, taking down rabbit trails, engaging in academic debates. People want to be shown respect. If you don't do so early on, if you don't invest in the relationship that's occurring around this meeting, even when you already have a relationship with them, believe it or not, they will resist your efforts to have them join your show. For those of you who are just thinking about working with your own team, think of this time as a necessary, believe us here, a necessary reinvestment, at least around this particular topic or this particular meeting. Taking time in the beginning to talk about how you're going to go forward, giving some folks time to process what you're going to do, giving other folks freedom to contribute on small things before the big things get decided. These are worthwhile uses of time. And we're not talking much. We're talking three minutes. These are worthwhile uses of time early on in a meeting. Yeah. And then this comes from a bunch of uh, high D corporate manager leaders who on bad days, we just as soon tell you all exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And, and frankly, without really caring about how you feel about it. So, yeah. so, so for those of you who have seen us work, you know, we don't do these things because we like them. We don't. We do right. them because they work. That's it. Yeah. It's exactly right. We, we choose effectiveness over personal preference. Uh, ground rules work, so we do them. You shouldn't be putting your personal preference to get right to it over what works. Simple as that. So whether you're leading a meeting that is going to be recurring, right, a, a standing weekly staff meeting, or whether this is a one-day or a half-day off-site or even an on-site, it doesn't matter, ground rules are your first interactive item on your agenda, uh, and that's an important reason why you do it. If you want input, I mean, if you're, if you're having a meeting, uh, I, I assume that there's going to be communication. You're going to have interaction, and you want that interaction to go well. Look, look before you have ground rules on the typical manager tools agenda, you've got welcome and purpose. When you welcome people, it's not much more than just saying hello. And when you state the purpose, you're just saying the reason you called the meeting, what you hope to get out of the meeting. Hopefully, then, when you achieve the purpose, you stop. And going over the agenda is just you reviewing the schedule of the time you're going to spend together. But ground rules, based on how we present them here, require you to ask for input. Right. Right? What the heck are you having a meeting for if you don't need input from others? But if the first time you ask for input is when you really need it, you start and you talk for 20 minutes, and then suddenly you turn it over to them for the big agenda item, and the big agenda item is the one that's going to cause the most conflict, then you're taking an unnecessary risk with your folks. Ground rules allow you to gauge your audience in advance of the important interactive items on the agenda. Maybe even more important than that, they allow attendees to loosen up their, for lack of a better phrase, their interactive muscles. Um, for all you know, Ms. Manager, they've all just gotten an email rumor that says workforce cuts are coming. Yeah, wouldn't you rather hear that reason during ground rules? Then when you're expecting to get creative and diverse inputs to a new operations plan, for example, I mean, yeah, yeah, you would, right? Right. If you're, you're smart. manager tools, man. Yeah. You, you want to, you want to look this, look them in the eye when you ask for input and everybody just stare back at you stunned and go, wow, what's going on? Usually the group's pretty open. Wow. They're not giving me what I want. I wouldn't want to have them be stunned and do nothing when I'm at the meat of the meeting. I'd rather find that out early and explore it a little bit. Well, one of the things I like about ground rules and then the posting and publishing of them with input from the attendees, it helps. I mean, you're no longer the enforcer, right? Yeah. If, if you don't collaborate on the ground rules and get input from the group, from the other attendees, and then there's a process problem, you, the leader of the meeting, have to be the one bringing up the rule that's been violated. 
Yeah, and they don't know they necessarily violated it, right? Right. You'll be correcting someone who doesn't know they did anything wrong. And then, yeah. You know how's how's that for a for a <laughs> momentum killer, right? <laughs> yeah. When, when was the last time you got corrected in front of other people for a mistake you didn't know you had made? And then after that happened, you were still just as creative, just as involved, just as engaged as you were before you were corrected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. so. The, the great thing is, it's your point. Ground rules cause the rules to be from the group, and they exist separately from you, the manager, the leader, the facilitator. You can point to them. You can mention them. You can you can direct rabbit trails to the parking lot, and it's very much it's much less confrontational. They don't bring the meeting. When you use ground rules, it keeps awkward or inefficient or ineffective behaviors from bringing the meeting to a complete stop. When you have ground rules, they are perceived by the group as you asking the group to live up to its own, right, input from them, its own agreed-upon standard, as opposed to, again, you enforcing some rule that you have in your head that, since you didn't share them, are seen as, frankly, hidden landmines to your team and is designed to, frankly, make you more in charge, which is not helpful to an interactive session. Yeah, if you're leading the meeting, you have enough power as it is just by virtue of the fact yeah. of leading the Great leading point. the meeting. And you don't need to reinforce it by by enforcing rules. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Just like being a boss. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's get to the real details of facilitating ground rules. The first behavior is ideally use visual recording. And what we mean here is that whenever possible, you want to ask your attendees for input and then record their input right in front of them, right in front of them, so they can all see that. Yeah, this is a, most managers uh, just assume that, that they themselves are trustworthy and so therefore everyone else trusts them, but they forget about that big red flashing sign in their forehead. And visual recording is a powerful tool to increase trust. If you need a good example of it, think of the difference you would get or you or that you do get, in fact, if you write on a flip chart every idea shared during a brainstorming session as opposed to you writing down everything on a sheet of paper where people can't see it. Yeah, sure. Look, if there's trust already, and lots of trust, folks will probably assume you're writing everything down, but not everybody's going to be 100% sure. Trust is surprisingly important to creativity and sharing new or different ideas in front of other people. If you want to create a completely trusting environment, writing everything down that everyone says will not only get you better ideas during ground rules, just because if there's if you have more ideas, there's a greater chance that they'll be better. It will get you better ideas and more openness when you get to the meat of your meeting because you will be showing them, I really do value your input and I'm going to write it down. Right. I, I, I love that because you're really setting folks up to be <laughs> to, to, to give you better ideas later on. Yeah, exactly. So visual recording basically means for most of us, it means flip chart paper. You don't have to have it on an easel, although certainly easels are great. A lot of meeting and conference rooms are basically too small for an easel. So you can just use some tape and put a piece of flip chart paper up on a wall and write the notes there. Some people love the new sticky note flip chart paper. That's great. Works fine. Um, again, you put it on a wall so everybody can see it. It's so easy to say, well, there's no easel in here. I'll just write stuff down on a piece of paper and then I'll refer to it during the meeting. Yes, technically that will work. You can do that, but it's probably half as powerful in some ways as using visual recording. Right. And for those of you who, like Mark and I, are high D dominant bosses who might be afraid that your directs or attendees are going to say something stupid here, um, trust us, we'll, we'll deal with that soon enough. So just Yeah, and they may very well do that, just like sometimes we do that too, right? And that's okay because, 
you still want to write it down. Basically, what we mean is get a piece of flip chart paper and a marker in advance of your meeting, write ground rules on the top of the sheet, right? Not rocket science there. Yeah. I think don't do use that. a normal pencil or pen on the flip chart. What you have, what you write has to be visual. Everybody has to be able to see it in the room for it to qualify as visual recording. Yeah, folks. And, and yes, you got to stand up right there. And there's a lot, a lot of good associated with that other than just writing on the paper. It's fine. It might feel weird, but it's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Again, can you do it on a sheet of paper in front of you uh, or, or someone else doing so, taking notes? Yeah, you can, but we recommend you avoid that if you can. Uh, when you're done, you'll be the only one that knows what's on the sheet. So you're likely to end up being seen as the enforcer rather than, believe it or not, the actual sheet of paper being the enforcer if you do it with visual recording. Others won't remember what's on the sheet. So you might have to run through the list and that, and that takes more time and you don't want that. Okay. So now, so now you have the, the, the sheet of paper up on the, on the wall, right? Got taped up there. You're standing up, you're in front of the audience and now you're going to ask for input. What do you say? Ground rules are where we all agree on how we're going to work together in this meeting. What suggestions or recommendations can we all make to help us be more effective in this uh, today? What are the guidelines you've seen work in other well-managed meetings? Um, I'm going to write down whatever you suggest, and then we'll sort it all out after that. That's it. Now, you've got to resist at this point to throw in your own ground rules, and and we'll we'll share what ones we recommend you have in, in your back pocket. You have to make your statement saying, hey, folks, your turn. Be interactive. I've done welcome purpose agenda. Now it's ground rules. We're touching on, we're putting our toe in the interactive waters here. After you make that statement, stand quietly. What if they don't say anything? I mean, yeah. That's Smile at your audience. Look at each person, but not, not too long, not 20 seconds each. Be polite. Make it clear with your silence that you're prepared to, to wait perhaps as long as a minute for their input. We suspect that if you count to 10, slowly, someone will have, by the time you get to 10, have said something. But look, to your question, what if they don't say anything? If you don't have any comments yet, and it's been 20 seconds, or maybe maybe you've actually gotten a few comments. 20 seconds, that sounds like that, that, that's probably going to feel like 20 no, minutes. No, it's an eternity. Right? Yeah. 20 seconds in front of a group is an eternity. It really is. If for some reason you don't get anything, or you've gotten two or three or four or five, and then suddenly there's a lull, maybe then the comment we recommend you make to sort of lighten the tone of the silence is this would be the interactive portion of the day, right? And that usually gets a few chuckles. Yeah, yeah. You've seen me do it. It works, right? They, they, and people chuckle and they're, they're, they, they get endorphins in their head and they, they lower their barriers to communication and interactivity and they share a couple of more, a couple of more suggestions. So pretty simple. You make that opening statement which point the floor is open to ideas, and then you're polite, and you're quiet, and you smile. If you start talking too soon, if you offer your own suggestions too fast, they'll figure out that A, they don't have to suggest anything, B, even worse, they already you already know what ground rules you want, and C, they might be able to get through other interactive parts of the meeting without contributing. And that's that, that last one is the one that you're going to regret, all because you lack the confidence to tolerate 20 seconds of silence in the beginning of a meeting. Good. Okay. So, so eventually, eventually some kind soul out there in the audience <laughs> throws you a bone and suggests something. And now you move to the next phase of your facilitation, which is capturing all the comments. Yeah. 
And to be clear, what we're saying here is all. All of them? All. Just just in case, right? Not mostly all, not, you know, but completely all, totally all, all, all. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you might be confusing folks because we really don't mean all, right? I mean, if they say anarchy or if they say, you know, if they say laptops are okay or I get to use my cell phone whenever I want to. Yeah. You're not going to you, write those down. Uh, yeah. It's a good point you make. And my point is you write it all down. All, all. You actually write all of those down. Okay. So we're going to write down stupid ones. Why yeah. do we do that? We're not just capturing ideas to form ground rules. We're laying the foundation for an open, interactive meeting. Writing down stuff that is clearly idiotic. And, and look, folks, I'm sorry, but those ideas we mentioned really are idiotic. And if you're a Gen Y person, you might think, that those are really good ideas, but look, I had a once, I once had a young associate who said the moonwalk was related to Michael Jackson and not Neil Armstrong, and she was wrong too. That's good. I've never heard that before. That's yeah, good. those are, those are bad ideas. Okay. If you don't write it all down, it will be perceived as a false openness. One where you get to be the gatekeeper of all ideas and you don't want that. You want to be open to ideas. Write them. Go ahead and write it down. You're still in charge of the meeting. Look. You want to be open to new ideas because at the same time, you can remember that being open to different views doesn't mean you endorse them and your role gives you the power to overrule them later. And we're going to tell you how to do that in just a minute. Okay, good. So one way to describe someone's role during this particular point would be as a scribe. Yeah. I think what folks want to do during this ground rules facilitation is to think about our brainstorming guidance a little bit. Remember that the silly peanut butter rule, right? If somebody in the audience yells out peanut butter, you write it down. Right. No matter how completely different or weird or wrong or bad or disagreeable something brought up during the brainstorming is, you still write it down. Because writing, like you said, writing it down isn't endorsing it. It's just capturing it. Yeah, they're talking and you're capturing. For now, just capture the ideas all of them. Okay. And I think I know what all means now. All. Yeah, okay. Good. 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 Okay. So, and at the same time, you're capturing the suggested ground rules. We also recommend you continue to encourage contribution with your gestures and responses. And I, I love this. I mean, each time you get a response, even if you don't think it's a great ground rule, say and do things that the speaker will see as positive feedback. Yes. And this is easy. There's your specific behaviors you can engage in. Smile. Say thank you. Raise your eyebrows and smile bigger. Say yes. Say got it. Say I'm writing that one down. Say good one. You can say that whether it's a good idea or not. You're just saying good, another idea. Look at the audience. Face them. Put your hands out in front of you, down by or below your waist. Palms up. Not the way most of you do, which is your palms out and up by your neck, up as high as your face, but get them down by your waist, palms up as if you're going to catch a medicine ball that they're going to throw to you. And this is basically what I call the feed me posture. Then when someone says something, you catch the medicine ball they've thrown to you, just like we talked about in the answering questions in the presentation cast. As you do that, you've caught it, turn around and write down what they said. Here's something else too. When you're at the board, You've got your back to the audience. You've just written down whatever somebody just suggested. And you can actually say with your back to them, keep me here. Keep me writing. 
while you finished out writing down that last comment, stand there with your marker poised right above the paper, ready to write down whatever you hear next. All of that, all of those things we just suggested in like 30 seconds, uh, will increase the chances that the audience will give you more ground rules. And in the spirit of brainstorming and in communication, more is better. Cool. Well, one of the things I know we both have to be very careful about is is avoiding explaining immediately. Um, and what I mean by that is when someone suggests something that is, you know, almost good or suggests in a way that perhaps isn't obvious to everyone, good ground rule facilitators resist their urge to get the idea right before writing it down, right? We're brainstorming here right now. Right. So what they do is they spend 30 seconds exp- explaining why it will work or why it won't work when it's suggested. What we're talking about here is just writing it down, not evaluating, using brainstorming rules and write it down. You know, and, and, you know, parking lot is a classic example of this, by the way. Um, not everyone knows what it is and it's pretty easy to explain. And so, yeah, but the more you talk when you are facilitating ground rules, I admit it, I do this all the time. The easier it will be for the audience to sit back, relax and let you run your show. And remember what you may have said earlier. This is the interactive portion of the meeting. Don't overtake it. Believe me, folks, you're going to have time to clean up the less than perfect ideas and to eliminate the flat out wrong ideas. So for now, just write, encourage what they're saying and avoid talking other than to be appreciative and encouraging with your words. Good. Okay. And then after everything we've said so far, we're still talking about spending no more, no more than three minutes on ground rules hard as that might be to believe. Yeah. Maybe the first time you do it, it takes five minutes, right? It's like brainstorming. You're going to get good ideas in a rush. That rush is a good thing, even if it doesn't give you every good idea you need. And that rush will translate into a more energetic and interactive meeting when you get to your key content later. I guess what we're saying with the three-minute rule is don't belabor your ground rules brainstorm. Don't get eight things written down, then stand in front of the full in front of the group for a full minute staring at them. If you get eight, frankly, in our experience, that's probably plenty. If they're not the ones you feel you really need, it's okay, because we're going to tell you how to get the right ones up there in just a second. Three minutes is really about all you need. 90-plus percent of the time, you'll get all the ideas out there that your team has in those 180 seconds. And 80% of that time, everything you want to have up there to run your meeting well will already be on the list the team suggested. Yeah, and it's always better to have someone on your team to be the one suggesting something rather than you. Yep, exactly. So the vast majority of the time, you're going to have everything you need. And I know there are people out there right now saying, wait, what about the 15% chance that we don't have everything we need? I don't think I can do it if I don't have a plan for every possible outcome. I like to plan precisely. What if something isn't suggested I think is is supported or that needs to be uh, used in the in the ground rules? What you do... Next step, you supplement carefully what your team has already suggested with your own predetermined list. After you've heard from the group, you thank them, right? And here's a clever little trick that you actually have to listen to the cast to get because it's not in the outline. Before you ever start taking input from your team or attendees, you will have already written down your key ground rules in pencil or pen, very small, and one of the top corners is a flip chart paper. As you're going along, you're checking your list against their suggestions. Oh, good. Right. So you're just going to put a little check marks up in the top right-hand corner. No, no. You're mentally, not actually, you're mentally checking things off from your list. Okay. All right. Okay. We promise you, you're going to want to do this. Because if you get caught up in good brainstorm-like facilitation, you will forget, as Mark has done, I've done a bunch of times, right? 
I will forget one or two or three of my key ground rules. So you have them written down. You have them written down small in the corner of the flip chart. Before we give you the list of the things that we think will really, really help you, we have one more suggestion. As you get better at this, you will find yourself having enough free brain power as you're facilitating to be able to work one or more of your suggestions into the stream that's coming from the crowd. Don't try this the first few times you do it. It will feel like you talking too much. But if you can be quick and easy about it as you get better at this, it feels slightly more natural doing it that way than you adding a few at the very end. Right. And remember, you, you don't have to add any of them, right? Because your, your, your team may have suggested all the ones we have on our suggested list for you. Uh, we, we certainly hope you don't have to add any, but then hope is not a method, so we cover this. Not a great one. Okay, right. so what's what's our list? And we have one for sure. Yeah, simple, simple. I mean, nothing rocket science. Start on time, finish on time. Like that. Stay on agenda. Yeah. Use a parking lot. Yeah. Schedule breaks if you have a longer meeting. Love those. Unscheduled breaks are okay if again for a longer meeting. Love those even more. Electronics on stun. We don't ask people to turn things off, um, but turn off the ringers. No phone calls or emails in the room. One person at a time, which means no sidebars. And the last two are more holistic, but we recommend you put them down or they're, they're helpful. We trust you and be respectful. And what trust means is we assume that you're always acting in the best interest of the group. And be respectful means that you're full of respect, that when other people are talking, you're actually listening because that's the purpose of bringing everybody together. Yeah, and as you get more confident, you're going to change the wording on some of these, I'm sure. And, right. And you know, maybe you'll even eliminate one because your team just – Gets it, right? They don't need right. to be told. They get it. Right. It's part of the culture. That's great. But start with these and remember, that, you know, just remember, you don't have to add them if your team has already suggested them. Yeah. So now you've heard from the team. You've written down their ideas. You've added some of your own. And now it's basically time to finalize the list. And it's very simple how you do that. You simply go through the list and, and we're going to talk about this kind of in order, but we don't mean to imply that it actually happens in this order. So we'll talk about that in a second. You, you go through the list, and if you like or agree with whatever you're, you're seeing, you circle it and say, good one. Or you say, let's do that. Or let's definitely try to do that. Use words like that while you circle ones that you believe will help your meeting that are going to become your actual ground rules. For those ideas that are repeated... Um, or are good, but somehow their sentiment is captured in another rule or their two rules mixed together somehow, just basically say, I think we've got this one elsewhere, or this one is a lot like that one, and you leave those untouched. No, or just, just cross them out, just big, no, bold, no, 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 black no, no, no. line, just cross no, them out. Cross, don't cross them out. You, you want to avoid crossing things out unless they're specifically negative, Right. Maybe, maybe the idea was not perfect and you use somebody else's that was a little bit better, more fully formed, more easily used or something. But don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Let them stand up there in the interest of honoring the person who suggested it. Because people don't like their ideas being crossed out in front of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can see why you'd say that. But frankly, I find it a great opportunity to show who's in charge of the meeting. So. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good. Good boss. Um, you got to look at yeah, those that, subtle, subtle opportunities. Yeah. Sure. Good. Lucky. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Attila the Hun speaks. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. And look, and th- th- you've also got to eliminate the bad ideas. Look, if somebody says, I want to be able to use my email, might use my laptop to do email during the meeting. When they write, when they say that, you say, Hey, thanks. And you write. And then you cross it. it out. That one you can cross out, right? Yes. You simply, yes. Very <laughs> much. Yeah. I know that's going to make you feel good. And that's a good thing, right? Throw me a bone. Come on. Right. Uh, you, you, that's all you do is you simply line through the suggestion and say, thanks for this one, but let's not try it. Or I'm going to politely suggest we leave this one off our list or. Thanks, and I'm going to gently overrule this one. Not overrule you, just I'm going to overrule this idea. Or maybe you'd say, this one, in my experience, just doesn't help, so I'm going to take it off. Sorry. Okay? And you keep this in mind. In those few instances, when one of these not-so-smart ideas comes up, and, and frankly, they don't come up that often. They just don't. Everyone else who didn't suggest it in the room knows it won't work, doesn't want it to stay up there and is completely behind you and politely saying no to it. Right. And, and frankly, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a better, less cantankerous mood and I don't <laughs> just have this desire to cross things off, um, actually, you know, folks don't give you these wild ones. And if they give you one that's just simply off a little, what I found effective is you just simply say, oh, I, I got you. Can I reword it this way? Yeah, sure. And, yeah, that works just exactly. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Instead yeah. of just and crossing it. Can off. I reword your idea with this small small change, something like that, yep. so that they feel like their idea got input? Yeah. Now, look, one more thing. I want to. I, I mentioned this when we started talking about this. Even though we covered them in the order of what you liked and what was kind of neutral and what you want to take off, we're not suggesting you actually go in that order and go through the things you like first and so on. You simply go down the sheet, top to bottom, left to right, however you want, and circle the things you like. Ignore stuff that you're not going to use and don't mark on them at all. And then stuff you don't like, you don't go in that order. You simply go in the order that they're written on the page. You don't want to be crossing off a bunch of things right at the very end. And at that point, you got them. you've got your ground rules, right? Excellent. You facilitated the input that helps later in the meeting. They've invested in the rules that they're going to live by. That helps too. It took you three minutes. And so now all you need to do is post and publicize them. If they're on a flip chart, you tear them off and stick them on the wall. If they started on the wall, you know, if, if you're not going to use that piece of wall, leave them right there. Okay, if you wrote them down on a piece of paper, post those on the wall as well. Even if nobody can read them, the fact that they're there kind of helps like a little. I, I call them the sergeant at arms sometimes. Their presence and visibility basically serve as a reminder to everyone of what they signed up for. Perfect. And like it or not, facilitating ground rules like this works like a charm. Yep. And frankly, that's a good enough reason to get good at it, even if you don't particularly like the idea. Yeah. And some of you may not like it. Mike and I don't like it inherently. We just know it works. So we do it because that's what executives and managers do. You don't get paid to do what you like. You get paid to do what works, what's effective and efficient. And ground rules are better than not. So you do them. Again, quick review, 12 points. Set aside those five minutes. We talked about what ground rules are, why they're important. You want to visually record them. You ask for input. You capture all the comments, no matter what. (laughs) You encourage contribution with your facial expression and body language of words you say, how you say them. You avoid explaining things. Mark's uh, Achilles heel. Don't take more than three minutes to do this. That's all you need. You add to it with your own list. Uh, You finalize the list, um, subtly uh, going through and promoting things and demoting things a little bit, and then you post and publicize them. And if it's a standing meeting after one or two, you know, you do this the first time and those are the ground rules and it stays. You don't have to do that every meeting. It just happens that way going forward. Excellent. One of the most effective things I've ever done in meetings. 
that's a good point you, you made there. Those, if you're doing, you know, your weekly staff meetings, it doesn't hurt to do this once and then just leave it up there. You don't have to go through this on every staff meeting. Right. Say, hey, everybody, look at our ground rules. Anybody have problems with ground rules we, we agreed on last week? Yep. No, nope. we're okay, done. Let's move on. Yep. Excellent. And those ground rules stand. Maybe you review it. I think I think we recommend in our effective meetings cast. You know, take a look every quarter. Make sure your ground rules are still serving you. But fundamentally. Uh, you only have to spend three to four minutes, maybe max, the first time you do it. Maybe it takes you four minutes, and you're done forever on a standing meeting. Hard to argue with that amount of time being as valuable as it is. Awesome. All right, my friend. Okay. We'll see you later. Thank you, sir. Well, that's it. Hope you found that enjoyable. Hey, one note. If you're a premium member and you don't already know this, you might want to go to the website, and on the left-hand side, you'll see the link that says Premium Members. On the subsequent page you'll see instructions on how to add the premium members RSS feed to iTunes. The premium member feed has not only chapter markers in it, so you can actually, if you're using an iPod or you're viewing an iTunes or using an iPhone, you can actually skip to sections that you might be interested in. That's particularly useful if you're going back and reviewing old shows. In addition to that, if you're using a video iPod or iPhone, the slides that we publish every week are embedded in the podcast itself. So you can actually see the slides as you're browsing through and listening to the podcast. So if you're a premium member, make sure you check that out. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. So long.